in the worst of the time, I fly to mainland China and attend a TV show hosted by Tencent because uh, at that time, Tencent was one of our big customers. And some of the team members, they just left the team and sent out so many different rumors. Eventually, one of our partners trying to access to return the fund. Then in the worst of the time, I fly back to U.S. and only two people stay in the office working. And one of our partners asking me to return the fund before the Christmas they ask us to give him uh, $5 million or they will like kidnap my daughter or, or send a guy to like kill me or something. This is Startup Island Taiwan, the channel all about cutting-edge technology, influential global tech players, and Taiwan. Welcome to the Startup Island Taiwan podcast. My name is John from Asianometry. I'm your host today. And I'm here today with Albert Liu, founder of Neron. Hi, how are you doing today? Hi, nice to meet you. Welcome to have you on the show. So Neron is kind of working in this space that's kind of very exciting right now, considering all the things that's happening with AI and ChatGPT and all that. I was really excited about this conversation. So can you start off a little bit by telling me a bit about yourself and Neron? Like, What is your guys' mission? Our idea is actually from the name of our company. We pretty much create a new term. It's a combining with knowledge and plus neuron, right? The neuron is the uh, human brain cell. So that means we are trying to build up a tiny age, full-state age AI solution. Uh, it's quite powerful and try to enable all the device surrounding you. So in short, we just want to bring AI to everywhere. And how the idea for the company come about? What motivated you to leave? You used to work for Qualcomm, right? Yeah. So what motivated you to leave your job to found this company? That was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that stupid enough to give up a quite stable job or high salary. Anyway, the long story is there's one of my friends who really want to found a company and asked me to find uh, the team member for him. Then I pretty much make a phone call to my previous job, which was in Samsung. And one of my colleagues in Samsung, he was living in Korea and he just quit his job and moved to San Diego. And I bring him to meet with my friend and my friend was so shocked. He said that, you know what? I got cheated. I didn't get the funding and I didn't get the project. Why you just quit your job? <laughs> then my Korean friend uh, just asked me to take the full responsibility for his rest of the life. <laughs> so then I pretty much divide my salary in Qualcomm, help to him and help to me. And I even submit his resume to many of the big companies like from Google to Facebook. And I thought that he will eventually to find a job. But anyway, he just stayed in my home and wearing underwear, running all around <laughs> in my living room. And after half a year, my wife was so angry. <laughs> so then I just make a deal with my friend saying that, okay, I will quit my job and we just go to find a company. And if we fail, then we go back to big company again. And I thought that we will probably fail within a year or half a year, then we can go back to our normal life. But eventually, that was not the case. How'd you come up with the idea? Like, what was kind of the concept? What was the company going to be about? Like, how'd you decide that part? Back to 2015, AI is a pretty rare area that people want to pursue. No one want to put their major as AI because it cannot find a job. So there are a couple of reasons. One reason I pick up this topic, Phil, uh, most likely we probably can fail and I can go back to the big company. <laughs> and another thing is uh, during that period, uh, I start to read some research paper and start notice that some AI model, the accuracy rate is much higher than normal people. And it seems like the AI boom is coming again. When we were in Qualcomm, we also tried to pursue our top manager saying that uh, it might be happen that you can simulate, I mean, fundamental of the AI is trying to simulate human brain and human brain is huge. So you always need a supercomputer 
and it's really big. It's even bigger than this one to launch those AI model. And in human history, it happened many times. Like when I was a child, the supercomputer cannot compare with our cell phone right now. And it's because of Qualcomm's chip is quite powerful, make our cell phone as powerful as the server or supercomputer when I was a child. And it's because of Intel's CPU or desktop is much powerful than the supercomputer when I was a child. So in the future, it might become out a brand new chip or AI dedicated hardware we call the Neural Network Processing Unit. We pretty much create this name and it might be make the your end device as much smarter as the super powerful computer that's launched uh, the AI model like ChatGPT. But that was not ChatGPT, that was a deep learning neural network, convolution neural network like five years ago. So we just said that we want to make it happen and make your cell phone or make your device as much as uh, Google's demise of Avago. Yeah, that was our original idea. And gradually we really make it happen. And right now our one single chip can launch like super big model. That was the model only can be launching the server back to 2015. So what is Neuron's kind of business model today? So do you guys produce chips or do you produce designs? Like what is sort of the special, what's the business model? We are a full stage AI company. The full stage AI means we provide a pretty lightweight AI software that uh, can be launched in the small device. But some small device is not that powerful enough. So we are trying to design an AI chip so the business model is very similar like a Qualcomm Plus yeah so we designed the chip and uh, TSMC uh, is our foundry then the products the chip then we also have a pretty small more tiny AI model we also trying to simulate human brain but it's just partially area of human brain the idea is like human brain is really big so if you want to create a super powerful AI model, then your model will be really big. So only the server or supercomputer can launch that. But most likely 80% of your brain are idling, right? right. Some people saying that Einstein is a genius is because he utilized 30% of his brain. So he's a genius. Then we just come out with an idea uh, because only like partial, in some specific time, you only activate maybe 5% uh, in your vision area. And in next moment, when you are watching a movie, maybe you only activate another like audio area in your brain. And those those specific areas are quite tiny. Then we come out with a solution, what we call the reconfigurable AI architecture. If you want to build the whole brain, then the model is big. But if you only build a new one, the small brain cell, and they go like them, and whatever the area you are activating your brain, for example, I'm watching a movie, I just pick up some Lego-like neural cell and compose the vision area then it's good enough to support the function at this moment. And next moment, you just decompose all the cell, all the Lego-like block. Then next moment, when I, let's say, listen to music, and I just compose another active area, which is uh, only good enough to support its function, then in the case, your model will be quite small. So that's our know-how. And because of this know-how and make neurons quite special, we can using a chip which is more smaller than a penny, but can replace a quite expensive GPU. And because of this technology, we even win the IEEE Darlington Award, which is the highest honor in IEEE car society. And you know what? We even got another award, which is CTSLC Award uh, in the early of this year. And we even wrote a textbook and that textbook got published by IEEE YD. And many of our famous schools like Princeton, UCLA, and even National Taiwan University, Taijing Jiaochen, they all use this textbook in their class. Oh, wow. What's that textbook about? Fundamentals or something? Yeah, it, it just like, explains 
understand how the reconfigurable AI architecture is working. And that technology got patentized by Earth, and we built up a chip based on that architecture. And that architecture is quite classic right now. Like it's not only in the academic, but also in the industry. That's the reason we got IEEE award. And we pretty much is the very first company really commercialized uh, the AI chip back to 2017. And so far, that reconfigurable architecture already were adopted or got commercialized from HG Surfer, Automotive, and Serenz, and AIoT, Home Appliance, etc. So you're building these, is it just one chip for all of these different applications? Yeah. Or is it almost like a system integrator where you're building a specific chip or customizing it some way for the application? You know what? That's another reason why Nero is so special. We can build one, the same chip, but we can cascade the chip. Let's say we can cascade four or 10 and to apply in the automotive application. But you can also using one single chip to apply in the home appliance and maybe cascade four for Savannah's application. You know what, like even for Amelia is so special or so powerful, but Amelia is using different chip to commercialize uh, in the different area, but we can using the same single chip. And even inside the chip, you can treat that inside the chip, they have so many tiny Lego. You can compose the Lego to reconfig the chip to apply in the different application. So almost like a FPGA? It's not FPGA because uh, uh, inside the chip is a specific design Rock or specific design Lego for a convolution neural network. Unlike FPGA is composed by like N-gate XOR or multiprocessor, and it's kind of more general purpose. But our chip is uh, more flexible, more specific for AI application. You can treat that as like a human brain cell. And with a different cell uh, or different block of the cell, you can compose them for different area to apply for whatever function you are working in your brain right now. When did you learn or when did you know that, you know, when you started this company, you expected it to only last for a year or something to go back to your big company job? When did you realize that this actually was something special and that people actually wanted what you guys were making? You know what, if you trace uh, Nairang's history, we once got betrayed by some of my friends. Actually, the core team is I just call different of my friends and we come out with a small team. But in a pretty short time, we, we probably just suddenly become famous in the very first year. And we got many big companies give us the intention want to invest us. And also we got some contract and some income. It's quite rare as a startup. I think probably it's because timing. Before Neron found the company, AI was not that hard. But once we found the company, the second year, 2016, there's a company called Google DeepMind, right? AlphaGo, and suddenly AI becomes so hard. But none of the people are really knowing about AI. So <laughs> some big company are looking for the solution, and we have a pretty rare target they can cooperate with. And some team members just got, I mean, when you know your star option, like suddenly just become like more than uh, 1,000 times. And there are some eager or some betraying coming out. And eventually things are come out by some people just left the team and trying to convince our partner to try to asking us to return the money. So in the worst of the time, I fly to mainland China and attend a TV show hosted by Tencent because uh, at that time, Tencent was one of our big customers. And some of the team members, they just left the team and sent out so many different rumors. Eventually, one of our partners trying to access to return the fund. Then in the worst of the time, I fly back to US and only two people stay in the office working. And one of our partners asking me to return the fund before the Christmas. 
they ask us to give him uh, $5 million or they will like kidnap my daughter or, or send a guy to like kill me or something. And eventually I borrowed money from my previous job's boss. And luckily he lent me like $3.5 million. But it's still a lot. For Wait, is that US? US dollar. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So anyway, that was right tough. But that was the moment I gave a call for many of my friends. And one of my uh, best friends in my high school uh, he picked up my, the phone. He graduated from Nature Taiwan University and, and went to MTK, a really big company in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. He also has a quite stable job and good salary. And when he picked up the phone, he said that, oh, Elbert, I know what you want to pursue me. Old friend, uh, well known that you want me to leave the job and go to join your company and without any salary. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> I'm not that crazy that I will do those stupid things. But somehow it's because uh, they were still some stupid friends <laughs> who really left the job from IBM or MTK or even from Google and joined my team at that moment. So then it becomes like the company is not only me anymore. It becomes sort of responsibility or a binding for many of my close friends. Pretty much my high school's best friend and also my best friend in college mm. and also my best friend in my master program, uh, my best friend in my PhD program, wow. and my best friend when I was in Samsung <laughs> and in MSTAR in Qualcomm. Left their job and joined me. And then I cannot give it up because <laughs> those are all my close friends. And also I own a $3.5 million, right? <laughs> I must to earn enough money to return them. I think that's the mission that we really want to give you up. I don't want to let them down. And I also don't want to let my previous boss down. Like he trusts me so much and borrowed me a huge amount of money. So because of that association and because of that face and leave them around to whatever we are right now. And what's been sort of like the, the strategy, kind of like the value that you give to your customers? So if your potential customer comes here to Neron, wants to kind of use your products, but then, you know, they're looking at other guys, other potential companies or competitors. Like, what do you guys offer that other guys don't have? Once again, AI chip is so special. Actually, we believe it's Neuron defined the real AI chip. That's the reason our uh, reconfigurable architecture is become so famous or so classic uh, in not only academia, but also in the industry. Uh, and we are pretty much the very first company to recommercialize the first AI chip on the earth back to 2017. And the differentiation between AI chip, NPU, and G. CPU or CPU, you can treat them like different type of the automotive. I mean, they are like bicycle and also small automotive and also trunk. And the purpose of the trunk is for delivering stuff. And also tank. Tank is for fighting. And you can treat like CPU, their main purpose is doing the logic computing purpose. GPU is easy on the earth for more than two decades. The main purpose of a GPU is for gaming purpose or graphic purpose. And you just think in this way, once the human build the city, they find that the trunk driving inside the city, oil consumption is much lower than tank. That's when AI era boom up. People find that the GPU efficiency is much better than CPU. But actually, trunk is trunk. Their main purpose for trunk is for the inner product. And the main purpose for GPU is for doing the gaming purpose or graphing purpose. They were no hardware dedicated for AI when the AI era really coming out. And we are the very first one. So how difference between the small automotive driving in the city, the oil consumption definitely is lower than trunk and tank, right? The same thing for AI chip. 
give you some reference. Quanta is one of our customers. They use Neuron's chip to build their AG server. And people all know that Quanta originally using NVIDIA's GPU. And they have an announcement. If you Google Quanta plus Neuron, you can find the announcement. They said that using Neuron's chip, they reduced operation costs up to 75%. So the 75% means the power consumption. Power consumption means the electricity cost. You might feel the 75% is not that much, but that was the product that we had in 2020. And that's talking about ChatGPT right now. You know how much for a company like OpenAI to build the check GPT is 800 million for hardware to buy the GPU. And you know how much for the maintain cost? How much? It's like 4 billion because the power consumption is too much. And I heard so many people saying that Taiwan want to build their Taiwan-owned chip GPT, right? And I think that you probably need to build another nuclear the, power the power, Yeah. And you know what? ChatGPT also has a big problem. If you read the news, uh, Germans said that they forbid the people to use the ChatGPT. I think it's Italy, right? Yeah, Italy and German. And Samsung saying that they use the ChatGPT and within three weeks, their confidential information all leak. Why? It's because uh, when you use the ChatGPT, ChatGPT is like a super powerful server in the Microsoft. So whatever you need the AI judgment, you need to link or send the data to the supercomputer and make the calculation, simulation, and send the result back. So because only those super powerful GPU or machine can launch the big AI model they create because it's human-like AI model. So definitely privacy is a big issue. And if you want to make those so smart enough the AI machine inside your vehicle, then first it's not available, right? And definitely you still need to connect to the cloud, connect to the server. But let's say, how about if they cost you like 0.2 second or 0.3 second delay for the transmission data, that will hide the risk for you to hit a pedestrian or hit another vehicle. And also the cost is quite expensive. You need to pack the HR bandwidth. So if there is a small AI chip, it's good enough in your vehicle or inside your building or in your device, and they can do the judgment locally. It's doable because, I mean, in human history, it already got proven, right? Your cell phone right now is much smarter or much powerful than the server like 20 years ago. It's because of Qualcomm's chip. So we just say that if there's an AI chip can be embedded in all your device, first, you can have your own privacy, ChatGPT labels AI. And the 75% power consumption cost down, you might feel, oh, $1,000 a monthly bill, 75% off is not that much, but how about $4 billion? So I think that's the value we bring up to our customer or to everyone. So we pretty much give you much affordable and also keep your privacy and also operation speed. I mean, in some application, operation speed definitely is the key, especially like automotive or drone. But these like large language models like a chat GBT, isn't they, they're so good because they're so big, right? How can such a big model fit in such a tiny chip? Once again, we are not building the whole big brain. We only build a pretty flexible Lego or neural cell. Even they build a super big AI model. More than 99%, 80% of their AI model are idling. I mean, you can treat that or think that like human brain. When we are having the conversation right now, I bet that more than 80% of your brain are idling. Only the conversation part is activated. So why we want to build a whole big brain? Why not we can just build a small flexible neural cell to compose a small area which can support the function you are activate right now. That's our secret source of the reconfigurable architecture. 
That's the reason we can make those uh, things that you feel impossible happen. And that's the reason we can get IEEE Dynamic Award and IEEE CTSS Award. And the first AI chip, the reconfigured AI architecture, we got patent back to 2015 and we commercialized in 2017. So far, they have more than 100 million devices which already have our IP inside. Really? Yeah, and you know what? It's not only how many chips we're shipping out. It's also because it's already well adopted in many area. For example, we have a server, not only Quanta but also Naver, the largest search engine in Korea, and also Zhonghua Telecom is our customer. We also have a very really big brand in U.S., but they haven't announced, so I cannot release the name. <laughs> and in automotive area, we have aftermarket customer, including Toyota. Actually, we sell our chip to JVC Kangoo, and actually, it's the company we just acquired. We announced. Oh, we yeah. sell to Otas. Otas is belong to Delta Group, and then they sell the chip to JVC Kangoo and become the aftermarket device to Toyota, Nissan, Mitsubishi, and Honda. Wait, do, what do these computers use AI for, or what do these cars use AI for? In auto, right, you pretty much can have、uh, some voice come in, like say, please turn on the music or something, right? And also, they have the what they call the DMS, driver monitor assistant. When you drive and you got、uh, exhausted, they probably will wake you up. And there's another AI facing out. They call the ADAS, Advanced Driving Assistant System. They pretty much doing the four major function: car detection. Pedestrian detection, traffic sign recognition, and also lane detection. So it's kind of like Tesla's autopilot, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, they are the basic function for autopilot,、mm. and that's the core or secret sauce to make the self-driving car happen. That's also the reason why Foxconn investors, Foxconn has an MIH platform. They are using Neuron's AI chip and trying to make the real self-driving car happen. That's the auto area. And in surveillance area, we have a customer like Hanhua. That's the full,、uh, the largest、uh, surveillance company in Korea, the fourth largest surveillance company globally.、Really? Top three we cannot support because top three are China company. High vision. Yep. Yeah, pretty much they are the、uh, non-China global leader. Got it. Yeah, and also Taiwan's、uh, Vivo Tech, the largest、uh, uh, surveillance company in Taiwan. And in AIoT, we have、uh, many like Panasonic and Gui,、uh, Desmond. Etc. So we have many, many of the customers. So it's pretty rare can see a company or a semi chip maker can using one single chip to support so many different vertical. Do you ever think about like expanding or creating like a line of chips that kind of can service more of these chips, or do you feel like it really is okay that this tiny little chip is can fit all these different sizes? Few years ago, back to 2018, the chip we come to the market called the KL520. So the company name or the vertical I just mentioned, the KL520, has been commercialized. But right now, you still feel some limit. It's just like you have Lego, right? And you can using the Lego to build auto. And you can using the Lego to create spaceship, and you can using the Lego to create, let's say, a human, right? But eventually, you will feel like maybe smaller, tiny Lego can come out a better shape for human, and bigger Lego can come out a better shape for spaceship. So right now, we definitely have a more serious or different AI chip, or we call the neurons AI chip. The fundamental idea is just a bigger Lego or smaller Lego, and that will give us more flexibility to support. The different application in different market. And do you guys help with creating the software? You mentioned a little bit about the software. Do you guys help these customers build the model or anything like that? Yeah, in some company they don't have capability to develop their own AI model. We also dump the resource to help them to train the AI model. 
then with our train or we call the lightweight HAI model is more tiny, then we provide a full-stay turnkey solution. So our customer can just plug and play and commercialize their product and shorter their commercialized cycle. And we also support some third-party platform. For example, we support Google's Tencent Flow or Berkey's Cafe or Kira's. So then the third-party or some professional developer, they can using Google's Tencent Flow to come out their own model. Then we give them a tool chain. They just click button and the tool can translate or convert or compile their pre-trained model into the instruction set that our chip can support. So like um, you talked a little bit about some of the kind of the issues with edge AI, right? Bandwidth, the privacy, latency, and all that. What are some other like special considerations for edge AI hardware that you have to keep in mind with? I think we are doing a good things because we are saving the earth. Uh, some people are saying that, uh, I mean, the power electricity fee you need to spend for maintain the ChatGPT is like four to five billion, right? Let's say if every country want to build their own ChatGPT, I mean, the whole energy consumed for the earth is big. I mean, if you all replace the media's GPU into neuron chip, then definitely can save lots of money and also the power consumption. Uh, I mean, that's a good side. We are not only doing the business, but we are also doing something good for the earth, something green, right? And definitely we're also facing some challenge because we start to realize the semi or AI-related semi is more international interest. And right now we all know the geographic political issue get more and more tension. So that's something we really always need to be watch and be careful um, how do you stay informed on kind of the latest news on AI hardware and software? The industry seems to be moving so fast. How do you update on everything? Like, do you do a lot of reading or like, yeah, what do you do? My working hour is quite long. <laughs> it's not like normal people's life. Yeah, all the time. I mean, a few days ago, we have announcement that we have a strong partnership with Qualcomm, right? That was our KO720, the 2020s uh, AI chip. Qualcomm pretty much partner in the three areas. Actually, they are more, but they announced three, including Drom and Roba and AIoT and with neural chip plus the RB1, RB2 is a main chip platform. And in that news announcement, the whole story saying that Elberdue, which is me, have been uh, working so hard in order to make the Qualcomm's partnership happen that I pretty much have continually working for 500 euro eight days, including New Year, Chinese New Year, Christmas. And each day I have been working more than 10 hours in some specific day, even up to 16 or 18 hours. And even my father-in-law got passed away or I still working in the office. I mean, we are a quite small company and resources limited. So the only thing we can keep us still in advanced technology train is like just work hard and keep updating the new information and new technology. How do you guys do your product cadence? Like, do you guys come out with a new product every year or as iterate or is it kind of like, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear a little bit about how you guys come out with new items and new chips. That was quite hard in the very beginning because it's from zero to one, right? No one even know what the AI chip will look like and how function is work. Even you come out the chip, you come out the solution, you still need to convince your partner and your customer to educate them to use our solution and what kind of problem we can help them. That was a long journey, uh, many of the iteration, because sometimes they will come out some crazy idea and you thought that you could help them in the very beginning, but eventually you find some limitation for your solution. 
So anyway, it's just a pretty tough iteration processing. But right now, it's more like our customer have our first generation solution and they find some limitation. They already have product on the market and saying that, oh, we find there's a new function we need. Can you help them? So our product roadmap right now is more like based on our input from different customer. And then we will sum up the need and some of the train and design and come out to the next generation's chip spec. You try to do it like annually or every six months or kind of like there's no time differential? Last year, I had a great ambition that I think that I want to make up three chip <laughs> in a year, but eventually my manpower is not that much. So eventually I only come out one, almost like two. Anyway, echo to your previous question is like, we are trying to build different type of Lego, right? Some are more small, some are more big. And when you're using the Lego to compose the auto, you still find that, oh, you still need to have some, let's say, the wheels shaped uh, Lego and can make your auto looks more like real auto. So it's just like sending out your product to the market and learning the difference and keep modify the product and keep give the second generation of the product or third generation of the product to your partner and to your customer. So eventually you can see that some of our partner feel, oh, maybe we should be more fully utilize each other's resource. And that's why we acquire Vatis. Uh, uh, two years ago and in this year we acquired Otis. They were all our partner. And somehow we find that we should share our knowledge and share our know-how to make both of us become more strong. What does Otis do and like what is specifically, I don't know what you can particularly say because the news just came out today, but like what are you hoping to kind of learn from them or, or kind of work with them on? Otis belong to a big company called Delta Group. Delta probably is the top three or top five company in Taiwan. Delta yeah. Electronics, right? Yeah, yeah. Delta yeah. Electronics, not the Delta Airplane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway. So anyway, they are quite famous to do the power supply related application. The most famous product is the, they do the power supply engine for Tesla. And Otis is one of their division. Actually, is a children company. They are mainly focus on the vision-related application in auto. They have a quite strong channel in Japan. You know what? Build a relationship or build a trust with Japanese is very tough. You need to spend like more than five or seven years and to have their first project working with them. And they already have a foundation. So when we try to design our chip into Toyota, it's, uh, we sell our chip to the autos and to the JVZ Kangoo because they have mutual trust. So that's the first thing they can help us. And they can find out the auto channel for us. That's the first thing. And second thing is uh, they originally doing some vision. For example, the auto, they have the vision recorder, right? When you are driving and they also have uh, some... Like the cameras, right? The CPU, yeah, oh. yeah. And also have the entertainment system that you can choose some CD player or something. They pretty much is working on those systems. And those are quite traditional. And also, you know, especially for auto market, you need to work many years to fit their criteria. They also are quite conservative market. So they have some domain know-how. And we all know right now the AV or EV, the trend is happening in auto area. So they also need our technology to stand out in AV, EV area. So that's the reason we acquire them. And that's the reason they accept our proposal because they believe that with their know-how plus neurons advanced AI technology can make us uh, become more strong. I want to shift a little bit, something I was curious about. You mentioned that your fab is TSMC. Yeah. When you're getting started, how did you get their attention? Did you just like show up to the building and you just say, can you make a chip from us? Actually, in the very beginning, we tap out our chip in UMC. 
And also, we also have been working with Global Foundry before, and we just recently switched to TSMC. I think two years ago, TSMC is quite—I mean—they are leader, right? Definitely, you need to be somebody in order to, to get their attention. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I think Neuron right now is already become the leader in AI chip. So anyway, right now we are on the radar. What's been the challenge on like、um, kind of finding talent or anything, or trying to make sure that your startup, which is kind of like unique in Taiwan, I don't necessarily know of any other AI hardware startup in Taiwan. Not easy because AI hardware you pretty much、uh, need to have the know-how. Not only the hardware, you need to know the AI software, and you also need to have the big data. Pretty much, you need to have a big enough of data to train your model to be solid enough. Then you can have the know-how to design a chip to support that know-how. Yeah. So if you want to have a big enough of data, right? You pretty much need to have the partner like、uh, Google or Facebook or Tencent. And lucky, our very first customer was Tencent. So we got billions of data from them. I don't think there. Is any other company in Taiwan can get the billions of the data from those big companies? At that time, the reason they get first is because they didn't know how important data is. <laughs> yeah, because the AI era was just got started,、uh, so they don't really understand what is the golden or what is important. And I think back to 2015, there was a group from Tencent looking for the solution or AI team globally, and you pretty much cannot find any who is working with AI. So we are the very first partner they cooperate with us, and we said that if you need us to help you guys, you need to give us enough of data, and they give us. And right now, it's impossible. <laughs> So it's kind of a very unique situation. I think it's、uh, we are lucky enough become pioneer. And another thing, I mean, even right now, if you want to come out, AI chip want to get the auto players attention, it's so hard. When I try to work with some Japanese auto player, I cannot give you the name. They give me a checklist, and you know what? They have a supply chain checklist.、Uh, so let's say if a company want to work with Toyota, you will see that they have been working with Toyota for twenty years, and the second B company is working like twenty years. I probably is the Only one, which is less than five years. I mean, there's no any other AI chip player on the market. So that's the advantage for the pioneer. And once you stick with them, they won't change because、uh, in order to be qualified to be commercialized, you pretty much need to spend three to five years for auto area. And I bet that unless you make some big mistake or they won't want to cooperate with another company and spend three to five years to redo everything again. What's been kind of the challenges, kind of finding new talents and trying to? You mentioned like it's really hard to find talents of people who know or have to know all these different areas. Like, does Taiwan offer enough talent to stock a company like Neon? I think partially yes, partially no. I would say that the semi industry in Taiwan is quite strong, so you definitely can find a quite decent, hardworking, and quite responsible hardware engineer in Taiwan. But if you want to have some creativity stuff, like come out a brand new architecture, come out a brand new AI model, it's not that easy to find that in Taiwan. So that's also another unique thing that Neuron has is because we pretty much build up the team in US, Taiwan, and mainland China at the same time. So all those three area has their advantage. For example, you. Pretty much can get the best、uh, software talent in US and get the best hardware talent in Taiwan, and more easy to get the big data from mainland China because they care less for the privacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you think will be Taiwan's kind of role in the coming AI boom? Once again, I think Taiwan's、uh, talent is quite solid in semi and、um, semi or in AI era. I think not only for the whole company, but also for any group. If you want to judge a group or a company's AI capability, three indexes are quite important. The first is the software. You need to have a pretty good talent who can create a unique algorithm. The best talent pool in the algorithm. 
Thailand will be in U.S. And the second is the computation power, and which means the semi. The best semi Thailand will be either Taiwan or U.S., right? And the third one will be big data. And the big data probably will be U.S. or mainland China. But anyway, at least we have the one third of the big important character in AI era. So that's something we can fully utilize. What do you guys want to do in the coming years? It's kind of surprising how big you guys are, but it's not very publicized, I guess. I don't think many. If you go to anyone in the states, they would have heard kind of your company. They heard of Qualcomm or Nvidia, but maybe not Neuron. Probably it's because you are not in this area. <laughs> you can Google actually in E times, or I think I can show you many of the market research. I think Neuron is quite. We have our specific role in this area. I mean. Even right now, you go to Princeton or even the top university in U.S. They are teaching neuron architecture in their class, and even from public media like E Times, that's pretty much the Times Magazine in our area. They once named the top 10 AI chip company globally. Neuron is on the list with a media, Intel, and NXP. Qualcomm is even not in the list, and IoT Times、uh, also named the top three AI chip globally. The list was、uh, Neuron, TI, and also Intel. Even Nvidia and Qualcomm was not in the list, and many of the market research in US, you can see that they put Neuron's name on the big logo. So I think it's just because we are in Taiwan. <laughs> Albert, thank you so much for taking the time to come to this interview. It's really fun. I learned a lot. It was really cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Baby, baby.